Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Gateway Rescue Mission, meeting the physical and spiritual needs of the homeless right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Check us out at www.gatewaymission.org. Reminding you why we all love living in coastal Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I really enjoyed that conversation with Nikki Johns. Um, in fact, during the during the break, I mentioned to her that we'll have her back and we'll have a conversation about cybersecurity, which I know if you're a business owner, it's on everybody's minds. By the way, I like that name, Nikki Johns. It sounds like a some kind of a designer or something, or maybe a famous golfer. You know, just it's a cool name, Nikki Johns. Uh, speaking of cool names, we're going to now be joined by my friend Morgan Bogolin, who is a, a nonprofit professional. She works with the Boys and Girls Club. She's actually the Senior Director of Operation. Actually, is that what your title is today, uh, Morgan? Is. Yeah, the last time we talked, you had a different role. So you continue to go up there. It's not surprising to me. But anyway, welcome back to my show, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. It's good to see you. Okay, so you're a One Coast Award winner, and you also recently wrote a column uh, f- uh, as part of the Next Up column that this relationship that the Coast Young Professionals have with Supertalk Mississippi Media and Supertalk News. I'm excited about that. Um, but let's talk about your Coast Young Professional. Excuse me, your your Coast uh, One Coast Award first. I mentioned to you when we were when we were uh, just getting started before the that we actually went on the air that I was touched incidentally by I was sitting there with the uh, with a group right at the at the front of the at the of the group at the Beau Rivage when you came up and you had your daughter with you who just turned seven and she's such a doll uh, but but you know, she had her she had more than her 15 minutes of fame as a result of that but I thought it was cool that you brought her with you Yes, yes. Amira Rain um, is my daughter. And um, I was telling you on the break, she's been there through all of it. She was um, five months old when I started working for Boys and Girls Club. So she's been through my bachelor's with me. We got her a shirt when I graduated with my master's that said I survived my mom's master's degree because she was right there with me um, learning to read in kindergarten with human capital development books. <laughs> and so she's been a club kid um, since she was a baby, learned to walk in a boys and girls club. I have a video of her learning and Pastor Shan how to walk with some of the club kids cheering her on in the background. And she is, um, she's a club kid through and through. And so anything that I'm doing in the community, um, anything uh, that she can be a part of, she wants to be a part of it. So I asked Adele, I said, would it be okay if she came up with me? And she got up there and she shook hands (laughs) Um, and, and she worked it. When you say she works, it's rare for a seven-year-old to be so aware of the moment. That's the thing that was so impressive, that she is, uh, she kind of, she never meets a stranger. She has a glow about her. So, I mean, obviously, she's a chip off the old block. But the reality is, she is someone who has a lot of your outgoing personality, a lot of your ability to sort of connect with people. And she's already sort of demonstrating that at a very young age. Yeah. 
Yeah, and everyone says that, you know, their kid is special, and I, I, she really is. When she meets people, there's something there's something about her aura that, that people are drawn to it, and she is. She's very aware of what's going on. She wants to talk about politics and all types of things with me, and so when we were um, at that event, um, you said, are, are you comfortable with it? And she said, yeah, and she sat and she watched intently. I think I was the third or fourth person to be called, and she watched exactly what they did and when she got up there she did exactly what they did and the um the execs that were up there their face whenever she put out her little hand to shake their hands they're all like what what do we do um but she is she's she's a special kid i'm i'm excited to see what she wants to do when she grows up right now she's leaning towards an entrepreneur pilot so we're thinking maybe get a pilot license and then open an airline we're gonna dream big Hey, listen, I remember I remember as a publisher of the newspaper and early in my career, I was involved in a lot of really important you know, uh, events. And, and obviously, Katrina and the aftermath of Katrina was one of them. My youngest son, Justin, and for people who know Justin, they'll know what I'm about to say. But we, we, I would say, well, where's Justin? If we were having an event, like I remember once we had a, a, a get-together at my house related to the governor's commission, and the gov- governor, Haley Barber, was there. And I said, Where, where's Justin? And they said, well, he's at the front door greeting people. I mean, he was, you know, just this young dude. And th- he just felt so comfortable. He would take the purses and put the purses on the bed. And, and he was just greeting people. While the rest of, you know, my other kids were are terrific, too. One's a lawyer now. One's a teacher. But Justin always just had this thing that was, you know, drawn to people. So I, I think it actually says a lot about you, Morgan, as a mother. And uh, I, I congratulate you on, on, uh, on so far so good for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. She's going into second grade now. And so we did her gifted testing a couple weeks ago. But at the end of the school last year, she um, was finishing off first grade and is actually reading on almost a sixth grade level, a fifth grader in their 11th month. And so she's she's rocking it. I'm excited to see what the future holds for her. But but as as you pointed out, a lot of her her development has come from, you know, riding your coattail right there at the Boys and Girls Club. But what, you know, what I rode by there recently, actually, I had to go somewhere and I rode by there. Man, we are fortunate to have that facility, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we're just constantly growing. You know, this summer we were bursting at the seams with kids. Um, and we are, we're really fortunate to have a program like this on the coast and our work with teens. That's what my article was about with the next up column. You know, we're really making a difference, not just for those young kids that need somewhere safe after school, but the kids as they get older and they're needing a plan for the future. And what am I going to do after I leave here? Yeah, I mean, gosh, man, the the influences on people's lives. You know, here's the thing: when I was in when I was in New Orleans as the publisher of the of the Times Picayune and Nola dot com, I had many, many, many conversations with the mayor of uh, of New Orleans at the time, Mitch Landry, and um, big, big challenges in the community, just huge challenges in the community. But usually, it's centered back to if there's if there's a parent. Or grandparents or parents involved in someone's life, you got a better chance of moving them along. But if you don't have those things present, then there has to be some community resource that that takes over, that keeps the kids busy, that keeps them involved, or else they're going to find their development, but it's going to be from the wrong people. You know, you know, we may not be able to save the world, but man, we can save a child one at a time. And you see it through the Boys and Girls Club constantly, don't you? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we're a nonprofit agency and we go after funding that is reaching those kids. Uh, the, that is our target. Uh, we have a really great program right now called the Impact Mentoring Program, um, where schools are referring their kids that they're like, okay, you know, this is, this is a kid that needs some intervention and we're targeting middle school. And, you know, we've seen this uptick in youth violence on the coast and we're like, we got to do something about this because these things, um, these kids are going through a lot of trauma and, and there's a lot of risk factors in our communities, but Boys and Girls Club has really been able to be a protective factor and to give those um, those resources and those skills and those tools that kids are needing to be able to combat, you know, what's around them every day. Well, so, so, so Morgan, you've been there for a while <clears throat> and so you have a sense of this, but one of the things the mayor <clears throat> used to always talk to me about is that you don't have the crips and bloods of the old days. You, you, what you have is more of a neighborhood-based deal. And in some cases, the people that these young people are getting their guidance from are incredibly violent. And some of the young people don't even expect to live till tomorrow. I mean, that's the, that's the level of violence that they're engaged with. Um, are you amazed at what's happened over the course of, the, say, the last five or six, seven years in terms of guns and drugs and alcohol and all this stuff that young people are exposed to? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, I'm only I'm only 28. And so I get to talk and sometimes they're like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. But, you know, I think with the way that the world is moving, um, there's a lot more of the protective factors that have to be strengthened. But beyond that, I um, mean, I reference this in the next up article as well. COVID exacerbated a lot for our kids. Yeah. It was something that, you know, parents didn't know how to deal with, much less kids. And so the effects that we've seen in youth violence and teen suicides, it's it's been appalling the the rates that um you know even in mississippi even here on the gulf coast i think sometimes we think it's not a coast problem um but i mean to tell you that it is and um these kids need support and and not just from us you know we we do the best to offer wraparound services to partner with other local agencies so we're not duplicating the services or reinventing the wheel um we do a lot to try to address if it's mental health if it's homelessness if it's food insecurity you know what's causing these behaviors of this child, and we've seen success with it. Yeah, I bet. I bet as a professional engaged in it every day, when there's incredible success, and you see a child sort of get beyond it and not get sucked into the vortex of the negativity of all that, you you celebrate. And when you find someone that you just love that can't find their way out, I bet it's the saddest thing. But you have to live with those highs and lows in your world, don't you? You do. You absolutely do. And we've been, um, you know, very, very blessed to to be able to connect with our kids and stay connected with them um, even after they leave the club. But you do. You take it personally, whether whether you mean to or not. Um, and, you know, on this side, I'm no longer in direct service seeing kids every single day. Um, but it hurts. <laughs> It hurts whenever, whenever you um, lose a child or whether that be, you know, to the streets or to jail, um, it hurts. And, and so we definitely, we make sure that we connect with those families even because chances are there's going to be little brothers and sisters um, that are in the house that we can, can reach. We're coming to the end of this segment, but when we come back on the other side, we'll continue this conversation with Morgan Bogelin about what drives her to want to give back to the community. We'll see you after this. 
also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend Morgan Bogelin on uh, the show today. She's a One Coast Award winner. She actually recently ch- contributed sort of the next installment of the Next Up column coming from the Coast Young Professionals. She's only 28 years old, but she's lived a, a, a life um, and has seen a lot for a young person, and so she has a perspective about things. One of the things that First of all, as we we've already, you can tell from just having the conversation with Morgan, you can tell she is incredibly committed to what she's doing, and it will be very interesting watching you as as you continue to develop and make your contribution, and in, in, you know, it'd be interesting to see what you evolve into doing with your life. But one of the things that is for sure for a young person to understand. Giving back to the community beyond even your, uh, you know, your your work you do at the Boys and Girls Club is important. It's it's rare to see someone so committed in the and at your age, and this is not something that just occurred. You've been engaged for 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 many years. Where did that come from, Morgan? You know, I think um, a lot of it came from my family. Uh, my grandmother was an educator for decades. And so I always said I didn't want to have kids. I wasn't going through that. And then here, <laughs> here I am um, working on behalf of kids every day. But I will say, in addition to my family and then just, you know, the spirit that God put in me, um, it's having a mentor that really has poured into me and as someone to look up to. So, you know, just one of those mentors over the course of my work with Boys and Girls Club has been our CEO, Kiva Scott. And she's been in this movement for close to 30 years now. And seeing her trajectory and the impact that she's made all over the Southeast has really uh, has really pushed me to want to be more and, and to want to give back more. And so I would say kind of those natural things that I was born with, but also the people that I've had around me to support me, you know, as I grew up. Hey, listen, you referred to your column that's literally up at Supertalk Mississippi News as we speak. And uh, it's uh, the the name of the column, this co- coordination with the Coach Young Professionals next up. And the name of your column is Future Should Be Focused on Empowering the Next Generation. Now, you alluded to this a bit a few, a few minutes ago. But one of the things that I said a lot after Hurricane Katrina is that what one of the things that we learned is that the vulnerabilities in a community. So a com- think about this. A community hits on a bunch of different dimensions. Some they have success with. Some they don't have success with. But the reality is, even the things they're having success with, they don't stay focused on those things. They will they will not have success. So you have to hit on a lot of cylinders to succeed in a community. The things that you're not having success with sort of represent vulnerabilities in the community. And what happens when a disaster hits is that all the vulnerabilities are now, now in full view. Essentially, everything that's near the edge is over the edge now. And we saw that with the pandemic. Pandemic was a disaster in and of itself. It's a different kind of a disaster from, say, a tornado or a hurricane. But what it reveals about our vulnerabilities is the same. And so you have these issues with kids not going to school and looking to where they're going to get their leadership from because they've got too much time on their hands. And, you know, the list goes on and on. A lot of research has been done about this. But um, we have to be focused on these vulnerabilities, and, and what we do to prepare our young people around this is really important, isn't it? 
Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think a lot of the time, um, you know, when we're when we're trying to get people to really connect with the mission, some people, kids and youth development is not their thing. And so when we hit it kind of from this, what are the economic implications? Because people are going to be interested, you know, in, in that type of thing. And so, you know, like you said, whenever um, the pandemic hit, we really, really saw it amplify. We saw those communities that were already vulnerable um, face more obstacles. And so when we look at, um, you know, the programs and the grants that we're going after, um, it's research-based, and, and we know these things to be true. We know that mentors work. We know that connecting with someone works, that that's what gangs are built off of, is, is that connection, and I'm a part of something. And, you know, economically, um, the reduction of teen pregnancies, the reduction of juvenile incarcerations, it has really severe economic implications um, as well. And so if we can get those kids on the right track, not only are you investing in them, but you're investing in your community. Yeah. Hey, there's some great conversations happening around workforce development in this state. You think about Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, over 50% of the students at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College are, are in non-traditional education now. And you think about reaching out to the Ingalls and the Chevrons and all these major industries, this whole notion around around workforce development. Here's what you wrote, though. While millennials are currently uh, the trending topic, Gen Z is coming in hot, and we must equip them with the skills needed to be successful. A robust future future economy will depend highly on today's youth having the skills to secure jobs and become productive members of society. Research shows that connecting young people to work workforce increases their likelihood. I mean, this is it's, it seems so basic, but at the end of the day, we are not as focused on it as we should be, are we? Yeah, and I agree with you. There's some great conversations going on right now. We um, went up to Jackson for an advocacy day and met with a lot of our representatives and our legislators, and I think that they're they're recognizing that. I think yeah. that's something that MGCCC is a great partner of ours and doing great work on, and, and that connection between, you know, here you are inside of the club, and what am I going to do after this? But those experiences, those internships, um, they're, they're all so valuable. Well, Morgan Bogart, Glenn uh, from Boys and Girls Club, recent One Coast Award winner. It's been great to catch up with you. Hey, when we have you back in a few weeks, we'll invite you back, and we'll really zero in on the Boys and Girls Club and talk about what's happening there these days. This summer is always busy, busy, busy for you guys. <laughs> congratulations, and congratulations on being such a wonderful mother. Uh, it's wonderful to see that. What a great what a great inspiration you create for others by, by embracing your daughter in that way and helping her be successful successful at such a young age. It's great to see. It's been a pleasure to, uh, to focus on One Coast today. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.